Always All In Podcast with your host, Stefan Catalan. What up, it's your boy, Stefan, with the Always All In Podcast, and I'm here today because I have value to bring. It's not every day that you get to meet a man that knows a thing or two about life and bringing value and has information that is life-altering, pivoting, shifting, transformative. And I say that speaking for myself because this guest has impacted me in a positive way. Mr. Cortland Warren, tell him who you are and what you do. Well, first off, thank you for that uh, kind introduction. I mean, you, look, that, that introduction was sounding so good. I was like, man, who is he talking about? I mean, I, I want to go <laughs> listen to that dude, right? So uh, really and truly thank you for uh, the opportunity uh, to share with with you and uh, to learn from you, uh, but also your guests, your community. I never take it lightly when someone invites me into their community to share uh, with their people. You know, I, I really look to not call them followers because only leaders are doing work like this. Uh, leaders are the people who are listening to podcasts such as this. And so thank you for inviting me in to share with your community. Uh, my name is Cortland Warren, and uh, I have been in the personal development um, and transformation world as a professional speaker for close to 20 years now, but I really feel like I've been doing it uh, my all, my entire life. Uh, started a lot like uh, a lot of little boys are in that I wanted to be just like my dad, and uh, I was looking for ways to to be like him, model him, and though I didn't grow up with him. And so uh, what that led to for me was a conversation kind of that I didn't realize was going on, Stefan. Uh, but really, I was looking to answer the question of uh, how can I be more, do more, have more such that uh, my dad would be proud. Mm-hmm. And uh, when my dad, years after he had left, suggested a crate full of personal development books, I started reading them because my dad had given them to me. And uh, in them, I found so much, uh, so much truth and wisdom that I wanted to figure it out enough to share it for, to share it with my extended family. And from that sparked, uh, you know, a world that I'm uh, both grateful to be a part of, honored to be a part of, in which I feel like I've distilled some of the information into what really matters, the principles that really work uh, to support people and being uh, the best version of themselves. And so thank you again for the opportunity to to be a part of the podcast. And uh, I look forward to uh, what we're going to learn and discover uh, from each other today. Thank you. You're welcome. And what you just mentioned about your father and him leaving that behind. Now, I've seen something through your social media of a post from your son. And uh, mm-hmm. what it read in there was, hey, son, what do you want? I don't know if it's Christmas or holiday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you want yeah. Santa to bring you? Right? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was my oldest son. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And and he's, he relays like, you know, dad, just coach me through this or teach me something here. Seeing that, you know, pops brought you this and, and you have this now to pass on. Like that seems like the biggest gift that you are here for your son and you have an opportunity and you get to give whatever, whatever it is that you have in your mind and your heart for him. What's that like? It, it's, it, it was, it was an honor, man, really. And, and let me be, you know, so uh, for your listeners, right. Uh, I want to, you know, just give a little backfield. I, I didn't grow context. up with my dad. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't grow up with my dad. Uh, my dad left when I was four years old. Uh, it was my mom, my sister, and I. Um, I had 28 first cousins growing up, uh, most of whom didn't have their dad at home either. 
And so uh, I grew up in a real small town in Southeast Oklahoma where the railroad tracks literally separate the city East and West. Uh, I lived on the West side of town. Uh, all the black people will say lived on the West side of town on the East side of town. It seemed like everything there was good. Uh, all of the positive things it seemed were on the East side of town. So, you know, McDonald's was on the East side. Now some may question it, whether or not McDonald's is a good thing, but for us, you know, growing up, you know, McDonald's was a good thing. Uh, Walmart was on the east side. School was on the east side. When my mom went to pay bills downtown, uh, it was on the east side. And it seemed like all that was positive was on the east side of town. We were on the west side of town. Growing up, there were the haves and the have-nots. Mm-hmm. And uh, my family, it seemed, we were in the have-not line. Mm-hmm. All I wanted to be able to do was change lines. Uh, now and again, I would talk to my dad, not often now. And again, I would see him not often. He had another, uh, family that he was, you know, supporting and raising. And so I felt, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of times alone. I felt isolated. I felt, you know, unwanted, unworthy, uh, not deserving and so forth around the ninth or 10th grade. He and I were in more regular communication. And uh, at the time, he was installing glass. Uh, that was his job. He, you know, window tint, glass, both commercial, residential, fixing your windshield and so forth. And uh, he mentioned that some of the largest homes that he went into uh, of, you know, like wealthy people, he mentioned that those people always seem to have a library, hmm. not a bookshelf a library. And he figured it as a common denominator of highly successful people. And so I asked him, I said, well, what types of books are in there? I'll go to the library and see if I can figure out how to be more successful. He's like, well, I don't know. Uh, Next time I'm there, I'll look and see. That was ninth or 10th grade. Well, at the state track meet in my junior year, it was the first track meet that he attended. And uh, uh, after that meet was over, he says, I've got something for you. I didn't know what he was talking about, Stephen. Hmm. And uh, he said, just follow me over uh, to the truck. Uh, the rest of the team is getting on the bus to leave. I was so proud, excited. My dad has something for me. And so, you know, my shoulders are back. My chin is up. I'm walking there with my dad. And he, from the back of his truck, his work truck, Frank's glass. I'll never forget it. Frank's glass. And uh, he reaches the back of the truck and he hands me this crate full of books. And I'm like, he said, this is what I've been able to see, you know, here, you know, I asked some of the people for some books for my son. Uh, Here you go. Mm. And so I take this crate of books with me back to the bus you know, we had just won the state championship, the team celebrating. And I'm looking at the real, the only or the first gift I remember my dad ever giving me was this crate of books that, you know, so it was a, it was a gift that wasn't even wrapped. And so in the book were in the crate were books like Think and Grow Rich, uh, Les Brown, It's Not Over Until I Win, Right, right. Um, How to Win Friends, Influence People, mm-hmm. The Power of Positive Thinking. Mm-hmm. So I open these books up and I'm starting to read on the way home. When I get home, and, and, and I'm making a long story longer, but right. when I got home with this crate of books, my mom asked, where all those books come from? 
And I said to her, oh, dad gave them to me. I saw them at the track meet. My inner, I'm really excited. And immediately her response is, get them out of here. Huh. Okay. I don't want anything in here from him. Get him out. Now, I had read a few pages and I was already starting to like what I saw. And so, um, but, my, but mom's word was, it's solid, it's done, right? So, take the crate of books out, out of the house. My grandma essentially lived behind us. And I walked through a little trail to get to her place. And behind my grandmother's house, I put the crate of books, I covered them with a blue tarp. And one by one, I would go through the books, uh, through that crate. Those became my book reports. Uh, my mom didn't know I kept them. She didn't ask what I did with them when I got back. My grandmother never knew that they were back there. And, and so that's what started my kind of journey in personal development. Uh, years later now, to your uh, question, uh, my son, and, it, and it's interesting for those of you who right, are right. parents, it's, it's, you know, for those of you who are parents, it's like mom or dad can say something and, you know, they're not listening a coach or someone else can say exactly what mom or dad said. Right. Right. And it's like, they've heard it for the first time. So I was already having that experience. Well, he's old enough now he's starting his professional career and uh, he's in sales. And part of his sales training was to read a book that I had assigned him one summer when he was out of school. Right. Like what? I've already read this. My dad had me read this. Uh. And so uh, that for him was some confirmation that maybe uh-huh. dad knows a little bit about what he's talking about. And so uh, last year when I was asking him, you know, just jokingly uh, through a text, you know, what do you want Santa to bring, bring you for Christmas? Um, he said, all I want is a one-on-one conversation with you over dinner so that I can ask you some questions about how to develop uh, a mindset for success. Mm-hmm. I know you teach it. I know you teach it around the world. And I'm like, my dad is right here. And so all I want for, for Christmas is that conversation with you one-on-one. And uh, it was, it was to your point, it was definitely uh, the greatest ask uh, I've, I've ever had. And, uh, you know, it was a wonderful conversation. He came with, with notebook and pen, had some brilliant questions around what I had experienced and, and learned around uh, assisting people in developing a mindset to to create a fulfilling life. So I know that's a long version, but I just wanted to yeah. provide some uh, some context. Yes, yes. About. Man, that that was a. Uh, I mean, from start to finish, it's a, it's a beautiful concept in itself. My dad passed away last year, and mm-hmm. he said, uh, "Son, I'm going to teach you what to do and what not to do. It's up to you to mm-hmm. pick how you do." And, and so with mm-hmm. that, in the concept was he knew what he knew. Yeah. He taught me what he could. You know, and that was it. And for dad, in your case, you know, Pops brought you a crate of books. It's like, an access to this. This is what I know. It's up to you to figure it out. And it's something that caught your interest. And, and had dad not done that in that pivotal moment, would it have stuck the same? Right. Who knows? Right. Who, who knows? I'm very, uh, I'm very grateful uh, for him. And, uh, you know, I'm also grateful to myself for, for being willing to, uh, to do that work. No doubt. No doubt. Always finding the silver lining, right? Because, you know, as we're growing and we find the success and the patterns and, you know, there's a whole nother route of it. And I think that 
that next shift is where other place of, of being mad and, and, and holding all this anger and resentment, being resistant, like it, it is a whole nother side of, of the world. And, and just working with you that I was able to, to see a uh, pattern that I had that I didn't realize I had. Mm-hmm. And, and so with that being said, man, mom, mom would drop me off at school and, and me and mom are super comfortable talking about this concept. And she dropped me off at school. There were days where third, fourth grade and, and she wouldn't come for me on time. And, mm-hmm. and all the kids at school were taking the bus and their parents are picking them up. And, you know, I'm sitting there with my backpack and I'm waiting on mom. And after repetition of that, I start to think, man, what's up with me? Why isn't my mom here for me? And with that, what I developed as an adult, you know, I would start to do that to other people. I would say I'm going to do something and I know that I can do it. And then I wouldn't do it. And what mm-hmm. I realized in the process is that I was feeling pain. I was hurt. And in a way, putting that pain and hurting other people, like I wanted them to feel what I was feeling because I didn't feel heard. I didn't feel validated in that. Like anybody saw that in me, you know, just being out there by myself and where it came from for me. You know, I stood up for my mom with dad. He went to, uh, you know, pops went to a university that, that's a little more isolated, I will say. I like to plug into the interview here and just give a little bit of context on what I mean when I say I stood up for my mother And I think it's important to understand that my perspective of my parents when I was a kid, um, you know, roughly up until second grade was that they fought a lot and I was having some trouble with a teacher in second grade and she sent me to a counselor and I told the counselor what was going on and how I was feeling. And when I got home that night, my father wasn't there anymore. He This is when he took that long extended period of time to this quote unquote university. And from that, I seen it as when I was vulnerable and I spoke up that people then leave me. In that concept of standing up for mom, this sequence of events happened after that. So I, you know, I created in my mind this story that when I stand up, people leave me. Mm -hmm. And and Mm -hmm. so as an adult, still, I stopped speaking up. I stopped uh, standing up for myself. I stopped standing up for other people. You know, I got quiet. And so it impacted me for such a long time. And I didn't realize that those things were underneath there. So going into these highlights that I get to see now and I get to use them in a positive way from dad and mom. Um, However, had I not crossed those bridges at some point in my life and seen where they came from, then who knows where I could be? You know, I could still be at, at... you know, chapter six of my, my story here. And, you know, I could, you know, they're down the road. This is a, this is a, a novel that I'm putting together here. And uh, right. mm-hmm. I like that with that. And so like, what is that mm-hmm. first sign that you would say that that gets triggered out there? Well, the, the, um, uh, and thank you for your, your willingness to, uh, to share. Uh, my experience is that uh, the feeling and the emotions are, the signal, right? right? Uh, there's there's a difference between noise and a signal, right. right? We can have background noise, you know, things can make sounds that aren't necessarily signals, right? right? And so uh, the emotions, the feelings are, are the signal and being able to put words to what you're feeling is some of the greatest work that you can do, mm-hmm. uh, particularly uh, for young people. You know, if we, if we were if the greatest gift uh, one of the great gifts that you can give a child or a young person is to be able to assign words to what they're feeling mm. so that when it's going on, uh, when it's happening internally, 
they're able to know what it is. And our feelings and emotions are a frequency of vibration. And we attract into our lives what is uh, what attunes to or what resonates with the frequency of vibration that we are most predominantly on. Mm. And so like right now, uh, here in my home in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, I'm not able to hear it. However, if I were to bring a receiver into this room, I would be able to pick up uh, whatever is being played on the radio in a several mile uh, radius. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not able to hear it because I don't have the receiver, but that doesn't mean that it's not available in the ether. Our feelings and emotions are the frequency. It's like the channel that we are attuned to. And depending on what our most predominant feelings and emotions are, uh, that's like the music, so to speak, of our lives that plays on that particular channel. And so if I wanted to change the, ch if I wanted to, if I didn't like the music that was being played and I wanted to hear talk radio, or I wanted to hear sports radio, uh, then I would simply change the channel. Uh, and then when I change the channel, I'm changing the frequency of vibration. Mm. Well, it's the same for us as human beings. When we look at the results that we have in our lives, one of the ways that we can begin to change what we're seeing and the outcomes and the results is to change our attitude of mind. Because when we change our attitude, we change our feeling and we change the frequency of vibration. So uh, we have to be aware of the signaling that's happening. Now, a lot of times where this is a challenge because uh, some of the miscommunication that has happened over time is the idea that, well, uh, when you are in a place of feeling and emotion, it can somehow, it can sometimes be viewed as weak. It can be viewed as soft. Right. It can be viewed as not tough enough. And so right. we, we condition ourselves not to feel. And we stay in the conscious level of mind that's really cerebral and practical and pragmatic and A plus B uh, equals C and so forth. And we stay in that place because we erroneously believe that that place is a place of comfort and I can control outcomes as long as things are predictable. When in truth, we actually stunt our growth. Mm. And so uh, we, we, we're stunting our growth by remaining you know, in that place of consciousness Versus allowing ourselves to feel and experience uh, the people, uh, the events of our lives and use those feelings and emotions as a signal to move forward. So, so to answer your question, like, what do you do first? You first got to be tuned in to the emotion and the feeling and allow that to uh, to be the guide. Now, uh, around resentment and, and resistance and what are, quote unquote, negative emotions um, I'm using air quotes for those of you who are listening to this right. because there's no such thing as a negative emotion. Uh, feelings are feelings. How I express the emotion is either positive or negative, mm. but to feel the feeling is not positive or negative. Uh, the, the feeling itself is neutral. So when I'm experiencing resentment, it is because I have an unbalanced perspective, just like when I'm experiencing infatuation, it is an imbalanced or unbalanced perspective. See, the law of polarity, Stefan, says that in order for anything to exist, then its opposite must exist also. Mm -hmm. So in order for anything to exist in the world, then you must also have its opposite. For example, you don't get up without down. You don't mm -hmm. get in without out. There's no left without right. Uh, there's no light without darkness. So when a person says to you, man, oh, it's all good, it's not exactly true. All good can exist. Right. Just like you can't have all bad. Right. All bad cannot exist. So when I'm in resentment, I've come to know that 
when I'm in the place of resentment, I am in, I am imbalanced in my perspective. I'm seeing only negative and no positive. Kind of like what you were saying earlier. Uh, all likewise, when I, you know, enter a new relationship and I'm all infatuated with him or with her and things are just going great and everything they do is so cute and fun and lovable. <laughs> and then after I've been with them for a while, the thing that was cute in the beginning now annoys the hell out of them, right? And so, so what nature uh, has it set up that in order to get us back into balance, if I find myself inflated, then nature kind of brings us down. I found myself down. Then we have to find ways to raise our vibration or bring ourselves back up because it exists from a place of balance. Uh, and the law, the law of polarity uh, commands that that be the case. So uh, we got to first pay attention to uh, what we're feeling or what we're experiencing because that's the signal necessary to get us uh, to get us into balance. And that is it. Like from that, I mean, what it sounds like is it's yin and yang is there for mm-hmm. a reason. Like you, you, That's exactly right. Yeah. We wouldn't exist without it, right? right. We, would, we would not exist without it. Right. And so a person who has uh, this infatuation of being a multimillionaire and they may you know what, once I have the money and I'm, you know, I'm going to be a multimillionaire and I won't have a care in the world, uh, they clearly don't know many multimillionaires if they know any. Because that multimillionaire will, you know, I was at a, a, a mentor's home and, uh, you know, I was, I was really just enamored with his home and I was complimenting him on his home. And I stayed there a few days and after a few days, uh, I noticed there was someone always there. And so, you know, we're out by the pool and I'm talking to him. I said, there's always somebody at your house. Like some, he said, I'm, he said, this place, there's always a repair person. There's always something to be fixed, something mm. to be repaired, right? And I could sense his frustration. Now, he had the money to handle it, but the frustration that came with scheduling, you know, maintenance, right? Uh, brought things into balance or into perspective. And so you cannot have all good. It it is impossible for anything to be all bad. We've got to be willing to, uh, from a place of maturity, see uh, the balance. But in order for it to exist, it's got to have both. That's just how it is. Right. Just understanding that. Yeah. The the quicker we surrender to that concept, the the faster we can get moving. And speaking of moving on into another stage of it, Mm -hmm. how how to clean or work or or do the maintenance, but at the same time, be of service. Right. It's, it's, you know, it really is about uh, one understanding that adversity and challenge visits everybody. This idea that, you know, you can get to a level of success where there's no adversity and challenge that in and of itself is fantasy. Okay. So adversity visits everybody. Uh, One of the things, though, that we can do, that we can all do, is prioritize our day. Uh, And, you know, we schedule or we we schedule what we value or or what we value, we schedule. Uh, Most people uh, haven't prioritized their day. And because their day isn't prioritized, meaning what are the things that must get done today, because their day is not prioritized, then they have uh, they're easily swayed by distractions. Right. Or if I don't prioritize my day, then Stefan and the things that he wants to get done and the things that I can step, that I can support him in doing, then my day becomes is now used to support him because he was more clear than I was. 
So one of the things that you can do is schedule the things that you value. Person says to me, oh man, my family is the most important thing to me in life. Most important thing to me in the world, my kids and my family. I said, awesome, all right. Uh, may I see your calendar? And sure, they pull the calendar out. And when we look at the calendar, I notice that they have all of these appointments for business, but they have no time blocked out for their significant, you know, for their husband, their wife, their partner, their children, right? And so I asked the question, how many times have you said no to something that you had promised your child because you had business related things to do? And they're like, well, yeah, uh, you know, got to handle business. It's okay. And how many times have you canceled a business meeting because of a promise that you had previously made to your son or daughter? Well, you know, those are less often. I said, so, so regardless of the words that are coming out of your mouth, right. I contend that what you value is what you schedule. Right. And so if you can point to the fact that you, you, you rarely or have never rearranged or postponed a business meeting because you had 30 minutes or an hour blocked out for your son or daughter, but you can count to numerous times where your son or daughter had to wait because business took priority. Mm. Uh, I make the case that your priority then is actually um, the business. That, that is uh, that's super key, especially for people who, who are building out their goals. It sounds like it, it's pertinent that yeah. they also have the values foundation underneath it. You know? Right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. We don't even have to argue it. Right. We don't have to debate it. I'm just, I'm just saying. Now, this is, now listen, it's not necessarily the gospel. You know, right. it, it's not necessarily even true. It's just in my experience, I right. find that what we value, uh, we schedule. Right. And the things that don't get scheduled are easily moved around. And so one of the ways that you can live life more effectively is through prioritizing the things that matter to you the most. I think that's important because either you're building your empire using you or somebody else is using you to build their empire. And, exactly and right. so if you don't got it set in stone and you ain't working towards it, then somebody's going to find somewhere to put you and then you find exactly yourself. Right. That's exactly right. You know, so. Man, Cortland, we've been blessed enough to have you here just sharing that that wisdom that you have to bring as always and the way you articulate like it, it is it is second to none in my book of how you you can just see process and then put it out that is a skill set that is contendable by nobody and, i appreciate uh, that you know can admire that so if, if people man if people want more of you what, what is a what is a platform what is a route that you that you communicate well, they uh, well, thank you for for that opportunity. They can contact me through you. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, YouTube, Facebook, Facebook page, Cortland Warren or Cortland D or DeCarlo Warren is the you know more like the business page. Right. Uh, but I, I, I'm you know I mean I'm I'm pretty accessible. You know uh, I don't you know there's there's some different uh, you know viewpoint viewpoints on that. Uh, I'm working toward building you know a base of people who just gravitate. Uh, towards, you know, my ideas and so forth. Here's my view on it, right? right, right. Um, all of us have uh, some a truth to share. Right. And uh, unless I'm speaking out, unless you are speaking out, and uh, whoever it is, whoever you are who's listening right now, there's something that you have to share. And if you don't share it, then the people who are looking for you will never know where to find you. Man. Unless you are willing to be brave enough to open your mouth, uh, you're not going to get everybody. I am absolutely okay with the idea 
that not everybody will resonate with me. I am an acquired taste, no doubt about it. Right. Uh, however, those who will gravitate, right, they will know and they will like tune in, just like with your po- podcast. We're not going for everybody. Right. We're going for those who gravitate towards uh, Stefan and uh, appreciate his message, his delivery, and what and what he's offering to the world. So, uh, if there's been something said or shared that resonates, uh, you you know, bet me out. See if whether or not um, I'm consistent, uh, and you can do that through you know Instagram and Facebook. Now, now listen, don't don't get all twisted. If you look and see <laughs> that I haven't posted in a few days, I haven't posted in a week. Like I am not, I am not applying a a business strategy here. Okay, I only share when I believe it's a value. Right. And so, if you go to my page and see that I haven't posted for a while, uh, that doesn't mean I'm lazy. I get that some, you know, approach this from a complete business strategy um, perspective. Uh, I'm just not in the business of wasting time. Uh, yours are mine. So my promise is to share when I believe it's a value. And uh, you can do that through uh, the, you know, stand, you know, kind of the more common uh, social media um, channels. Yeah. And speaking of that, like there, there was a uh, there was a the value that you brought via a platform I was scrolling through, not on your the sites that you just mentioned right now, but through something that is monstrous in the social media world, which is gold cast mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. seeing you tell a beautiful story on that on a stage and a platform um, and, and just the way you were up there and, and everything I've already praised for over and over on the way you articulate to tell that story and get that message to what it looked like was over a million people at that time on the views, you know, to be able to reach that and be that, that source or that plug or that vessel, whatever it is, and, and put that out there, man. What, what did that experience of having a platform like that feel like? Well, Honestly, and, and I mean this not egotistically, right. you know, it felt like it has felt since I was in the 10th or 11th grade. I'm one of those, you know, 20 year overnight successes. Uh-huh. Uh, there will be people who, you know, I'm confident, uh, you know, like a million, you know, uh, uh, goal cast uh, views. Uh, that story of the balloons right. uh, is one that. Uh, is near and dear um, to me because I needed to believe it in order to get out of where I grew up. I needed to believe that within me, there was something that made it possible for me to have the life that I wanted. Uh, I used to believe that there was an esoteric uh, being I called God who was picking and choosing who got to have a good life. Right. You know, Stefan, you get to live in abundance uh, Courtney, uh, you get to have an okay life. Brittany, your life is going to, you're going to thrive. John is going to be tough. Cortland is going to be hard. I used to really believe that there was someone who was just kind of picking and choosing. And then I learned that there were principles to be applied. And so, uh, it was, uh, it was an honor to be a part of, uh, Goldcast. Uh, I remember, you know, they reached out and asked if it was okay to use it. And I'm like, what? Goldcast? Hell yeah, go for it, right? <laughs> and so, um, you know, it was, uh, that was a, um, that was a dream um, come true, as well as uh, the, the TED Talk. Right. Uh, TED Talk uh, was like my Super Bowl. And um, 
you know, for a speaker, you know, you know, that, that was like my Super Bowl. So, right. you know, we're just continuing to plug along, you know, we're just continuing to plug along, do the work, uh, apply the principles, do the work, even when you don't feel like it. Right. Uh, and that's what I would encourage your listeners here uh, to do is you do the work, even when no one's looking, right. do the work, be in integrity with yourself. Integrity right. uh, is, is more than just whether or not you tell the truth. Uh, integrity comes from the math term integer and integer is a whole number. So integrity is about wholeness so that what you think, what you say, what you feel, how you act, they all align, right? Make sure that they all align. If you've ever had the experience of you, you said you would do something. Well, you said yes, but you really wanted to say no, right? Uh, even if you go through with it, you were out of integrity because the alignment wasn't there. You said yes. And as soon as you said yes, you regretted it. Uh, mm. Or, if, uh, you know, some have had the experience where you said no, but you really wanted to say yes. You know, can I help you out? Is there anything you need? Can I support you? No, I got it. I'm good. I'm all right. And then you end up moving your entire house by yourself, even though you had friends who were willing to help you pack. Because maybe you said no, because you didn't want to be a burden. You didn't want to, you know, uh, be in the way. You didn't want to be a bother, whatever the case might be. So uh, be in integrity with yourself. Make sure that it aligns. Mm -hmm. Make sure that what you're saying you want and what you're working on on a daily basis, make sure that they match because when it happens, when you're in alignment, when you're in integrity, it does not mean that it's going to be easy. Right. It does not mean that it's going to be without adversity and challenge. Right. At least, at least the work you're putting in, you can do so with confidence. You can do so with some assurance that the work that you're doing is going to lead you to the outcome that you want. And we don't get to say how long it takes. Mm. We do not get to say how long it will be. Mm. Okay. But make sure when the time comes, you're ready because you've prepared, right? Because the truth is, opportunity will embarrass the person who is not prepared. Right. An opportunity comes your way, but you're not prepared for the opportunity. You get yourself embarrassed. Right. So make sure that you're doing the work so that when the opportunity comes, you're, you're able to maximize it because you're doing the work when no one, when no one was looking, uh, when no one saw it. Uh, uh, when no one was paying attention, mm. you were doing the work so that when the opportunity arises, you don't get embarrassed because of lack of preparation. Man, oh man, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Cortland D. Warren in the house, tying it all together. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Cortland, we appreciate you having you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. And thank you for the opportunity. Listen, I know you asked more questions, but I'm a speaker, man, for a living. <laughs> me. I'm going to get a little winded, okay? Yeah, yeah. So let's do a part two, a part three, so I can get all my stuff out and you can ask your questions. But for now, uh, thank you again for the opportunity to share with your listeners. And to the listeners, you know, if you got value here, uh, tell someone about this podcast. Um, I know this I know this gentleman. Uh, he's resilient. He's persistent. And uh, he lives the work. And it's not, it's not a game for him. It's something that he embodies. Um, I know him personally, and it was an honor, man. It was an honor to be a part of uh, of the podcast, and thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. There you have it.